At Marshalls, our buyers hustle every day for the brands you love. Hello? They can calculate the quality to cost ratio simply by touch. Ooh, silk. They can hear the difference between an Italian suede handbag and an Italian leather one. But most importantly, they know a good deal when they hear one. That sounds like a good deal. We'll take them all. Visit Marshalls and take home more for your money. More brands, quality, trends. More of the good stuff. We get the deals, you get the good stuff. Marshalls. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. It's the remain. <laughs> <laughs> it's the remain seated podcast. It is. Is it that fun? I see how much fun we're having already, and just started. <laughs> we're already laughing. So, well, we just go through our life that way. Yeah, just joyful. It's, well, happy really, we're people. just bottling up pain. <laughs> so it's, it's even like called remain seated, and you had to like offer me a chair. Too. Yeah, you were like, do you want to stand or do you want to sit? I was like, I gotta sit. You gotta sit. You I, th- I didn't. I shouldn't have given standing as an option yeah. when uh, I had Brogan Kelby come on the Remain Seated podcast. That's you. Oh, hey. Yeah, we have a guest today on the Remain Seated podcast, and that we are rarely happens. Yeah, we should have more guests. We should more smart people, people that are better oh, at I things. Gotta go. so you guys... so that's, yeah. All right, there's the door. <laughs> And uh, just to go back to last week's quickly, because we we also do corrections for the Remain Seated podcast. Yeah, this is the, the beginning of all these episodes are going to be the the revised section. We're going to do the revisions. But actually, I'm going back two weeks because we did we did books last week, and then we did movies two weeks ago. My memory doesn't go back that far. I don't know, and it depends on when you listen to this podcast. Maybe you listened to that, you know, yesterday, and you're like, that wasn't two weeks ago, it was just yesterday. What a coincidence. I get an update right now. Anyway, when we talked about movies and mm-hmm. our favorite movies, mm-hmm. I can't believe I left one off, and it's related to what we're talking about today. Really? This is Spinal Tap. No, it's oh. not. Oh, the movie. Yeah. I was like, this isn't I mean, Spinal Tap. This is the Remain Seated podcast. No, this is, this is Spinal Tap now. Yeah. yeah, we're turning it up to 11. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And we, we were doing mic checks, and Mom was like, checking mic number one. Isn't this a lot of fun? I, see? And that's mic what reminded me. I can't believe I didn't add that to my top 10 movies. And so at the beginning, we have to go back and pretend like that part is in two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. So just think of that. But speaking of the music business... Mm. I've got Festus here, and I've got Brogan Kelby here, and I was thinking about it this week because I know you guys are in a band together, and you have a couple shows this week. Do you know that? Yeah. Did I, I ever tell you, you told that? her? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. I thought I did. Well, right. you didn't It's just tell amazing me. she remembered. I saw it on Facebook or oh, okay. something. Oh, That's where, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's how right. she remembers my birthday, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same, dude. Yeah. So plug your shows since I brought them up. Okay, so uh, this weekend we have two shows, actually. We do. So tonight, the night that you're listening to this, Friday, we're playing with Alex Boyer at The Rise in Orem. We are. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be fun. 
We I don't mean, know yet. There's it gonna hasn't happened. Probably be like five people there. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be us <laughs> as the five people. <laughs> now it'll be a good show. I yeah, think it'll, be, it'll be really fun. People yeah. love Alex Boyer. Yeah, they do. If that's not, what we hear. Yeah, if not coming for you guys, they'll be coming for him. So. Yeah. And they'll get us as like a little bonus. Yeah. So yeah, come to that. The rise in Orem tonight, and then tomorrow night, Saturday, we're playing at the Real. Who are they playing? They're playing yeah. Vancouver. Vancouver. The White Caps. That, that game. The White Caps. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I've, it's Canada. I'm really bad at keeping track of those things. I thought it was like the white cats. No, I'm like, just really bad at it's, sports. It's, just it's escapes my mind. Apps, yeah. I, <laughs> you're you're <laughs> at real sports. is all that matters. <laughs> Not in sports. You're at sports. I'm at sports. So last year, Brogan, for yeah. um, Mother's Day, mm-hmm. Festus gave me a book. What book? Well, it's a book that I think you should give your mom. Okay. Who I love, by the way. Yeah, she's pretty amazing. You have to say that. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll plug my mom. I love you, mom. <laughs> but it's a book written by Dave Grohl's mom. Oh. Um, who, and it's called From the Cradle to the Stage. And it's a book about what it's like to parent rock stars. And she interviews. Like us. Yeah. Because, yeah. dude, Just we like are. Us. We are super rock stars, man. I feel like Dave Grohl 90% of the I've, time. Pretty yeah. much, I live that. My whole mantra is just, I'm Dave Grohl. But she interviews. <laughs> she interviews um, Tom Morello's mom. She Ooh, interviews um, Michael Stipe's mom, Dave Matthews' mom, Adam Levine. Levine, Levine, Levine. 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 Yeah. His mom. I mean, if you're talking about the actor, if you're talking about the musician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but interviews all these moms about. Uh, and she actually doesn't interview Kurt Cobain's mom, but she talks about her because obviously they knew each other quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. But about what it's like to watch watch your babies <laughs> go from being babies to deciding to pursue a career in music. And I, I know that at first that was kind of hard for you to accept with me just because of school and stuff. And you're always like, no, but school and you can do that. You're always supportive, but you're always like school first. You can do this stuff later. And then as time went on and you realized how bad I was at school. <laughs> You're like, please be yeah. good at this. Hey, no, but, but music... This is all you have. But music isn't like, well, I guess you're not good at school, so I hope m- music works for you. I don't want you to think that's what happened there. Yeah, It's not. I don't it, think any musician like approaches it. I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't think any musician really approaches it even that way. It's If you do music, it's because you have to. Yeah. Like, there's a part of you where it's like, I have to do that. It's, it's like the only thing that I... Yeah, because, I mean, I was good at school, but I didn't like it, but I was good at it. But for me, it was, I just love music. Like, I have to do it. And I I didn't choose music because it was the only option. I chose it because it was the only thing. The reason I was so bad at school was because I didn't want to, like, put my attention to that. Yeah. And because there were other more important things I thought that I could be doing. Yeah. And that was hard for me to get there. Yeah, I remember that. It was hard for it was harder for Joe to get there, mm-hmm. and I'm actually surprised he did. Well, he's an academic. <laughs> he's Doctor Jones. Yeah. Well, I'm Professus. So. <laughs> and don't worry, my dad's a rocket scientist. That's he act, literally. <laughs> actually, he my really? mom, my mom yeah. has her master's, and my dad's a rocket scientist. I and I was like, t- "Hey guys, <laughs> I have science. a great idea. Yes, it is. I want to be a musician." <laughs> Well, that sounds really stable, and I think that you could make a good living. Doing Definitely, that. yes. And First f- thing my dad said. Yep. And from a from a parent's standpoint, here's what you want for your kids. You want them to be happy, 
but you also want them to be able to take care of themselves. Yeah. And like if you two said, we're going to be, you know, doctors, your parents go, oh, phew, okay. They'll be able to take care of themselves. Really? After that six-figure student I, loan. I was going to say, I was yeah. like, my mom might look at me and go, no, go play music. No. <laughs> I'm you, not... want be doc- you want me to pay for that? Yeah. You're going to, here's a guitar. Have fun. Yeah. This is cheaper. <laughs> but that's your first thought is, because yeah. parents don't want you to, to struggle and, and, no. and you look at that road thinking, oh, you picked a hard one. You didn't pick you you guys I mean you didn't. You guys didn't pick the easy path. You yeah. picked you mm-hmm. picked the harder one. I remember you said that to me um I think after the show where I met Brogan. Okay. Yeah. I met He's him when I was right like now. twelve. And then two oh, years my later, chemical I romance? No, he played the uh Nightmare Before Xmas. Yeah. With middle class Rudd, I think, mm-hmm. and yeah, okay middle class Rudd to like borrow her equipment too. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That was a fun show. But I met him, and then you and I talked. You and I, mom, talked about music, and you're and you were telling me about how you're just concerned. Like you support me, but you're concerned because in your line of work, you get to see how hard of a life they have it. I've been doing this, and I know Brogan's heard this from Todd probably. And I've been in the radio business for almost thirty years, and I've seen most of the bands I've seen. They come and go. Yeah, you see yeah. the evolution and the downfall, and the mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, there are the there are the few of them that that rise above that. But what I didn't appreciate is is there's a level below the Foo Fighters. There's a level below where there are working musicians that tour and make a living doing it, and mm-hmm. you don't have to be filling stadiums to do that. No, mm-hmm. there are bands that still, and a lot of bands that you know play theaters and clubs and tour around the world, and you know sell. You know, a good amount of album. I well, mean, you don't sell albums anymore. Well, it's but crazy. There's they so have many, like part-time jobs. Well, yeah, and there's so many different avenues now with music because there's licensing, which is massive. So many bands just completely bank off of just licensing deals with trailers, commercials, everything like that, and their tours just sustain it just fine while they get all this placement and everything. They're like, no, we're we're fine. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be in that super high Foo Fighters level where yeah. we can just live comfortably. Yeah. But how do you get? Th- so I'm being your parent because okay. I feel parental with both. How do you guys get to? Th- that point where you can make a living doing what you love no i mean that's kind of my dream was the licensing side of things because being a songwriter and producer it was kind of that was kind of my dream like i mean it'd be cool to fill arenas and do that but also it seems like a lifestyle that would be terrifying like absolutely just draining and exhausting and terrifying and if you had to be in the public eye all that time then i I don't know. For me, it's like I would love to get more involved in just licensing type deals and getting more because that's that's what I love. I love studios. I love the type of stuff. Obviously, I love performing, but getting more work with placements and everything like that, I would love to yeah get more focused on on that line with you know internet and everything now and just constant Netflix series like tons of bands just get placement deals just working with licensing and get placed like on shows like 13 Reasons Why things like that where these bands just often get discovered like that and it's just licensing from there. But mm-hmm. how do you get that though? That's the thing. How do yeah. you get talking to the right people? Just yeah. all it is is you have to play shows, you have to show people your music and it's when the right person hears that song and they go, "Oh, that's the one that I want to use, you know, for yeah. my movie, for my TV show, you know." And that's all it is. But sounds so easy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's not it's, an it obvious. It is simple in theory. There's not a there's not a road to success for doing what you guys do. There's no. not a if you do no. X Y Z, you'll be success. Because there are lots of very very talented musicians that that just for whatever reason that right person never 
never sees them, never. And it's a lot of, like, you have to be talented, but you also, and people are going to argue with this, you have to be lucky. And I feel like we have been really, I feel like we've gotten a lot of opportunities to do a lot of cool things. Yeah. No, I'd say luck is a a huge part of it, but I also think just being a musician that constantly stays in people's, sounds funny, but being in people's faces all the time, constantly playing shows and constantly being a name that people know and if you're going to constantly be playing because like a lot of bands too like they just kind of go and all of a sudden they're like oh we had a baby we're just going to kind of stop well playing okay now. i was going to bring that up because hey you both have, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we you, also have this in common because you bo- you're both young yeah and and you've chosen to be to have families at a young age Again, something I had to overcome, <laughs> which I am better I'm about. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. I've created these hurdles <laughs> no, for you. No, because, oh, Brogan, it was so cute. They all came over on Sunday. Yeah. And I have to tell you, because we had like a big family party on Sunday. And there were people there that hadn't met your family yet and, and said, we have never seen Festus so happy. They Aww. did not. That's adorable. I they swear. did not. She's lying. So for, for whatever apprehension we all have, and I ha- ask Festus, I had it when you got married. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is he thinking? <laughs> really? <laughs> She's our mom. <laughs> That's so funny. Because, she has to feel that way. Because yeah. I, think, I think there are people in your positions who, who take advantage of what you do, because you guys mm-hmm. are good-looking guys you could you know have a whole lot of fun for a long time not being tied down i really i had to let go of my harem <laughs> i had to cut them no, that's that's a choice but the other side of that is you have deeper roots now than a lot of people I, in the music say, I business. think i think that's a massive thing because i think it matters who you're with and the situation i'm in is i have so much support that i didn't realize it could be there and so now for I do like with, you know, with my wife is she's super supportive. Everything I do, she's like, if that happens, you're going, you're doing that. Like and if you said we're on a tour and we're going to yeah. be gone for six months, she would say. She, yep. She's like, you're doing it. Because that's and what you And mean. it's helpful to have that behind you. Yeah. And to have resistance because yeah. then it, you know, it inspires you to, to keep trying to get that. Mm-hmm. And if you felt that resistance at home, you might be more apprehensive to kind of go for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah my wife is my biggest fan. Bang, uh, next to my mom. <laughs> they, Let's put probably, mom and wife on the same. Yeah, I was like, you don't uh, want to piss either one of probably them. Probably both going to hear this, and I'll just be like, yeah, wife, mom, you guys are right there, yeah. right? Mom, you're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it's it's really nice having that support. I think that's like the biggest thing is you know once you have that support too, it's I feel so much more confident now, even just approaching music in a completely different light. Are you writing differently now? Yeah. I'd say, well, it's interesting because now where I am, it used to be like music was like my identity. It was like I, I found like my happiness in it. It was like everything came from that. And if like I wasn't happy with the song or how people were reacting to it or things that were going on, if I was having kind of a dull moment in time, it would take the biggest toll on me. And I would just go through massive depressions and everything. But now it's like it's not everything to me. Like I still absolutely love music, but it's more back to the passion. It's more like finding the fun in it. It's more yeah. writing when I need to write and get things out. And I write in a completely different, I guess, viewpoint now. And I love what you're writing now. I, f- I feel amazing about it now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll put I'll put a song right here in the show. I'll go back. I'll put one of our songs underneath. Which one? What are you going to do right here? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll, you don't have to worry about licensing because he's right here. Yeah, so. I'm like, I did everything. So yeah, do I have your permission to use our song? Yeah, yeah. Or do okay. I have to? Or do I have to pay you? Because you, oh, should, ma- you yeah. should. I was like, if we're doing some licensing deals, licensing. you guys are a podcast. Come on! Yeah, we just had this whole conversation. <laughs> All right, I'll have my people call your people. We'll yeah. get a contract going. <laughs>
but we'll figure it out. Let's go back a little bit. I think we just jumped into this with everybody assuming that they that they know you, Brogan, and, and Festus is in your band. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how you got started in the music business. Oh, man. That's a long story. <laughs> but I think what's funny is anybody that like actually has heard my name, they instantly kind of attach me to Todd, which Todd has been a massive part of my music. Todd, Todd Newcomb. Newcomb. Yeah, Todd Newcomb. Here at uh, X96. Yeah. And so they kind of instantly just attached me to Todd. But, you know, there was a whole path even getting to Todd was, you know, I started writing when I was about 12 years old, 11, 12 years old. And um, when I was 13, I started, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to try performing. So I kind of would just ask around and email people and kind of just get into the coffee shops or anything I could just to kind of start playing. Which is huge for a kid that young. Yeah, it was like, it's all I had, though. It was like music was just everything to me. I wanted to get out of the house. I wanted to get away from life and everything. I was just, I wanted music like all the time. And so I just, yeah, I just started emailing people and my mom like found out and she's like, what are you doing? I was like, just emailing, you know, just adults to see if I can go play in their coffee shops. So, I'm a kid. This is my yeah. rough draft. Yeah. <laughs> let me, let me take a break from my biology homework and draft this email. But yeah, so it kind of, it started with that. And so I just started kind of performing and got into recording and finally got some money to get a laptop and just kind of started recording from there. And then, um... I met um, some people that offered to record one of my songs. That um, was a song called "Rescue Me." Once I got that recorded, I kept sending it out to people, and I sent it to Todd and some other people and played a, a show up in Eden with uh, Tracy Chapman. Oh, I didn't know you did that. I did. Tracy's excellent put me in touch with Todd. Really? Yeah. So the he... Fast Car song? No, a different, <laughs> no. different Tracy Chapman. He's There's a different DJ's Tracy Chapman? Well. This is a yeah, man. Yeah. This, is, this is so a not... man. Okay. <laughs> but you can see but my confusion. I, I'm glad you know who you that other... Fast tra- car. <laughs> it's a great song, though. Let's be to real about it. <laughs> yeah, no. Do we have to pay for that? Yes. No. Because you sang it. Okay. No one's going to pay for anything that I sing. <laughs> so, no, so yeah, Tracy, he was actually like a sound guy for me at this one show that we played up in Eden, and it was like the Hot Air Balloon Festival. Mm-hmm. And so we played that, and Tracy just loved the songs and asked me if I had recordings of them. And I was like, yeah, I do. And so he's like, I, I think Todd Newcomb from X96 would love your music. I was like, I never knew that he's the one that put you in touch with Todd. Yeah. So every time I'd see Tracy, I'm just like, hey, thanks for everything, man. (laughs) Really appreciate that. It was really cool of you because the story gets even better from there. But yeah, so I kept emailing Todd the song, and I guess he listened, but then he never emailed me back. And it was like six months went by, and I just kept kind of just bugging him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's what you got to do. Dude, especially when I was like, I think I was like 15 at this point because i met you when you were 16 yeah and so i was like just still just like blowing up his email just not a response and then one of my friends called me and they're like hey man x96 just mentioned your name on the radio and they're gonna play your song and i was nobody like, told me that and i was like oh, wait that's funny and i was like what wait what and i'm like no and like this time like, i had tons of people just like prank call me all the time about my music so i put it up on youtube things like that and people and it's kids they're just 
dicks. Yeah. Especially <laughs> so, kids on the internet. Yeah, and so I get like prank calls all the time about how my, my music sucks or just whatever it was, and I'm yeah. like, eh, whatever. So, Sorry about that. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> Thanks, Aiden. <laughs> Finally, somebody says it. <laughs> so, yeah, so now I got that phone call, and I was like, all right, whatever, I'll go listen. Then I started listening, and nothing happened, and nothing happened, and then all of a sudden, like 10 minutes after, like I texted him back, I was like, dude, that wasn't funny. All of a sudden, my song started playing on the radio. What did that <laughs> feel like the first time you heard it? That, like... I didn't even know like how to process it. I was I was like, wait, what? Hold on, wait, that's wait, whoa, oh, whoa, that's me. <laughs> and so no, that's was, what I sound like. <laughs> yeah, and then I guess tons of people actually liked it and called in and requested for it to be played again that same night. And so then I guess Corey O'Brien played it just a couple hours later. And so, kind of from there, Todd then emailed me, and even Todd was like assuming that I had some like famous dad that like recorded everything for me. And, and you'd so, done it all yourself. Yeah, I just, had, YouTube is the coolest thing ever. I can teach you how to <laughs> record, too. But, you know, so I, I had the song. I was, I was I was proud of it. I thought it was cool at the time for the, you know, for I think it was like 2007, when I re- 2007, 2008. And so Todd just kind of kept emailing me back. I was just like, it was, it was a really cool song. Like, who's your dad? Like, who recorded it for you? And I was <laughs> who's like, your dad? yeah, basically, who's your daddy? <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, no. He's like, are your parents musicians? And I was like, no, like, they like music, but no this is all me yeah i'm like i just i got a rocket scientist so no yeah right my 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 real dad's a rocket scientist so (laughs) no help there yeah now there was a time you went to california to do some recording Mm -hmm. can you talk about that a little bit yeah so um when i was so after you know a bunch of stuff happened i gotta say thank you to x96 you guys have done so much for us well we wouldn't have played your music if it wasn't good we're not that we're not just nice they don't play terrible bands like (laughs) as opposed to like what people think with us having you know parents that are in radio we actually had to do and you do (laughs) yeah i didn't hire you no richie hired me he did yeah yeah i don't even know how you got what are you doing here (laughs) all right i'll see you guys no no we need you for this though (laughs) So I got to hit record. No, I, and I would like if I since you brought that up, mm-hmm. uh, people give Brogan a hard time because they think maybe he's had some opportunities that he, he yeah. wouldn't have otherwise had if he hadn't um, got a hold of Todd. But he did exactly what he was talking about at the beginning of this podcast. You you bug people and bug people and bug people and hope somebody yeah. pays attention. Yeah. Todd just happened to pay attention. Yeah, and people get mad at that, but I think they get mad because you know it's people that have tried that and it doesn't work for them yeah like they bug people too and so it goes back to the luck thing mm-hmm. is i got lucky yeah. that todd and some other people happen to just pay attention to like it everything has to it. line up maybe yeah. you know they have to listen to the song when they're in the right mood or you know they get that email at a specific time because they mm-hmm. get so many different emails i know with me it's like emailing at certain times i'm not gonna read it yeah Sorry. exactly so like <laughs> every like happens. so many things have to have to be in place for it to work out so that is the luck part of it yeah but it also has to be a really good song because if all those other things line up, he listens. He's in a good mood. He mm-hmm. listens to the song, and it's not a good song. He's not going to email you back. No, you get you get inundated with. Why would you waste your time with it? Yeah, and and how Festus got involved with being in Brogan's band. I made an introduction at some point at a show, mm-hmm. but then that just the two of you went from there. I certainly yeah. didn't have anything to do with you. <laughs> I had absolutely nothing. And like Todd and Bro- got him on the Xmas show, yeah. and then afterwards, I'm like, I want to go say hi to him. So we yeah. went and said, Hey, I was like, Hey, I'm Aiden. And then I don't know, like a year or two later, he texts me and he's like, Hey, do you want to come play guitar for this but, show? But yeah. you wouldn't have done that if you hadn't heard him play and thought he could Mm-mm. do the job. You no. weren't doing him a favor. Why would you do that? 
I mean, there was, there was kind of a combination of there. It was, for one, Aiden was a fan, and I thought that was awesome. But he's actually a really, really good guitarist, too. And especially for his age, it was like, that's really impressive. He's a really good guitarist. Thank you. And so, no, it was, it was kind of a combination of, you know, he's he's a fan. That's, that's really, really cool. It's, for one, somebody cares that much about our music, and he's also a really, really good guitarist. Let's throw him up on stage, because that would be really fun to get to play together after we kind of, you know, we met, we bonded, talked about a whole bunch of music and things, and just yeah. kind of... We're like similar. fans of the same music. Yeah, and exactly. Like we were friends. Like, yeah, we became friends. like instantly we did, and it was just like, there was And just... I had nothing to do with it. No. You did <laughs> At all. I wasn't like talking to your mom. Hey, Gina, so <laughs> I have this idea Aiden with Aiden. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just, we started talking and bonded right away, and it was like, this just makes sense. This would be fun to play music together, too. Mm-hmm. So to back up what, what I was asking you yeah. before about California, how did mm-hmm. recording in California come about? Um, so there were some people, obviously, you know, send out my music all the time. It's the kind of thing is where you're just constantly blowing up people's emails, trying to get somebody to pay attention. And we got some um, people that really, really liked the music I was doing back then and put me in touch with some people that were doing some pretty big things. And I was 19 at the time, still a teenager, and thought it was awesome and dove in like headfirst into it. And... Not like it was a, I don't want to say it was a horrible thing, because the experience was, it was still really cool. I got to learn a lot, but I also got to learn who I don't want to be and how I don't want to be, like, you know, treated or taken advantage of, Um, especially in this industry, is I got offered a record deal, so I was out in California and just constantly writing and just kind of getting drained and exhausted and coming back to Utah and just, because I run my own studio and I just be writing constantly. And the thing that kind of sucks is then you start getting people in the situation I was in was people telling me, this is how we want you to sound. This is famous right now. Let's have you sound like this. Oh, The weekend is famous right now. Let's have you sound like The weekend, The 1975, which I love The 1975, but like we want you to sound exactly like them. And so, like, whatever was famous right there, like, that's what we want you to write like. Ooh. Also, can you also, like, kind of not eat as much and grow out your hair so that you kind of look like you're struggling and so we can get people to kind of feel sorry for you? They actually said that? Yeah. No way. And I was like, like, just stop brushing your hair, dude. Yeah, basically. And it was We're like, less deodorant. Yeah, let's let's have you dress like this. Let's have you, you know, because that was actually what happened. So I did. I grew up my hair and everything. And I was a teenager. I'm like, this is okay. Well, let's just kind of see where this goes. I mean, I like long hair. I've always loved it. But it's different when somebody else is telling you to do it. And for purposes that I didn't really like, because I like to be very genuine with what I do. Mm-hmm. And so... um after a bit, I, you know, I kept writing and writing. I was actually writing a lot of stuff I was really, really proud of, but also writing a lot of stuff I just didn't feel good about. It was like, we need to write a song a day. We need, to, And I'm like, I can't write if I don't feel it. Yeah. Because like, then you're forcing it. If yeah. you have a quota, and then you're forcing it. To me, it. you can hear when a song is forced. Like, you'll get a song. I'm sure all the time, like, you guys will hear a song. You'll be like, this isn't that great of a song. Cause yeah. It sounds like tons of people went to a studio and forced this out just mm-hmm. to happen. And I hate that. For me, it's like I want music to be a very real, genuine, authentic experience. When you hear a song, I want you to like feel everything I was feeling in that moment when I wrote it. And that's why people like songs is because they can connect with it and, you know, exactly. kind of either feel what the song makes them feel themselves or they mm-hmm. can see where you were at when you wrote it or, yeah. you know, what your pain is, what you're talking about or what you're happy about or whatever. But if you, you can tell that it's forced or, you know, like a cookie cutter pop song that they're like, just write about a girl. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, it's so you were feeling inauthentic, but at some mm-hmm. point you, I want to, I want to know about the point where you said this, a record deal. That's what everybody in music you want to get a record deal. At mm-hmm. what point was that not worth it to you, to do what they were asking you to do? Honestly, it took a couple of years because you, especially at that age too, you're just super excited to have it finally happen. Because in your mind, you're like record deal equals success. That means 
finally it's happening. Finally, you're going to be like this huge name where I can make a living off music and I can do this forever. And just that's that's going to be my life is music all the time. So honestly, it took probably a couple years for to really just kind of take a toll on me. Because also, for one, I realized we weren't releasing anything. And I started seeing more and more that everything I was writing, he just this, they want to just pitch it to other artists, oh. but also take 100% publishing of everything that I was doing. And I, I write everything. If you hear my music, it's you hear everything that I've been writing. And so after it kind of started to like settle in me that I was like, this isn't going to go anywhere and nothing is getting released. I'm just having to just write for them and they're just going to keep trying to pitch it to other artists, which I would love to do. I love, love there's music out there that I write all the time, but I'm like, this isn't for me. But if my only focus is here, I'm going to give it and then also not take any money from it. It kind of started on me that it's, this isn't really going to go anywhere. And I was fortunate over the years to make a lot of really good connections and got a really, really good attorney involved and looked over my contract. And she was like, you need to get out of this. You need to get as far away from this as possible. It's not going to go well. And that honestly hit me like just a truck realizing that. And she kept trying to convince me. She did even everything for free for me because wow. she was like, this is how passionate I feel. And she's like, Brogan, I know this is not going to be good for you. And I can already tell it's taking a toll on you. But with, I mean, you brought up YouTube and obviously there's other avenues like yeah. that. Can you make it without the record contract? I, f- I feel like it's, it's harder. I would say, I mean, there are ways to do it. I would yeah. say it just kind of depends on what you want to do, too, because, I mean, there are people obviously that are like YouTube stars. Yeah. But there's a lot, And there's a lot of independent musicians that, you know, just release things themselves on itunes mm-hmm. and, and and like soundcloud and, like so many artists yeah. make it just from soundcloud because just the right person hears something on soundcloud and often gets shared and it just starts going from there yeah but but how a record deal helps you out initially is financial support because yeah. when you get a record deal deal they're like okay we're gonna pay for you to go to the studio and record we're gonna finance a tour tour budget we're gonna give you the, you know have promotion access, and we have access to artists like let's throw yeah. you on tour with this artist so we yeah. can get you in front of a bigger audience and build you up that way which i would love Mm -hmm. but now i would be like i want to work with a label that understands who i am for one and then also let me do it how i would like to so you wouldn't be opposed to a record deal you would just Mm -hmm. go into it with your eyes wide open yeah just one that you know where they're not going to screw you they're not going (laughs) to control you i mean i feel like there's give and take i mean because it's gonna it's a business also in their eyes you know it's a business and you're a product and there's gonna there's gonna be some give and take but i think it's finding the right person's gonna view it as an important relationship where you're getting what you want but they're also getting what they want and find a really good middle ground that's going to work for the both of you Mm -hmm. to make sure that one is an artist because as an artist you're you're the product you need to make sure you have to suffer for a while yeah right yeah (laughs) it's just a thing you just gotta suffer but we don't want to watch you suffer (laughs) but i am fully prepared to suffer I remember when you told me you wanted to live in your car. You would be perfectly fine living in your car. Builds (laughs) character. Okay, how old were you then? (laughs) Twelve. Live in my car. You you have enough character. You don't need that kind of character. Are you saying I have too much character? No, you have just the right amount amount of character. character. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) And you can see his character Friday night. Yep. Tonight, when you're listening to this, Friday, uh, what is it, the 8th? March yes. 8th, yes. Friday, March 8th, tonight, if you're listening to this today, it comes out at the Rise in Orem, Utah, with Alex Boyer. Should be a really fun show. I think there's a meet and greet uh, yeah. beforehand. Ooh, we go on at 8.45. You can meet and greet. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Well, the, the greeting is extra, but you can meet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then Saturday is free, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you just, unless you want, are going to the game, that's not free, yeah. but we're playing out in front 
on the stage. The, the game at Rio Tinto Stadium. Rio Tinto Stadium. Yeah. They bring in like a game. full, like we're uh, the full stage, everything, man. It's going to be awesome. You get a catwalk. I get a catwalk. <laughs> There's I'm, a catwalk. I'm not going to lie. Like if if you're going to come for it, it's it's got to be you're showing up for the catwalk. What time do you guys play on Saturday? We play three to four, and then halftime I think is like four fifty ish. Yeah, we play like two or three times. We play right before kickoff, and then halftime, and then is that it? And then post game. Yeah. So we can are leaving and can come hang out. And... Well, well, give out your your socials so people know where to find more information. Okay. Thanks, mom. <laughs> do it. Say, tell people where they can find your music All and right. stuff. Do um, I have to do everything? It feels so weird if you have to like do it yourself. It's like, but okay, yeah. Well, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can get anything on iTunes and Google Play. Just look up Brogan Kelby. B R O G A N K E L B Y. That was important because it's not Broken Kelly. No, yes, it is. no. <laughs> Sometimes we feel like Broken Kelly. Quick, like flashback to a little bit before. That's actually what Tracy thought my name was, Tracy Chapman. Tracy Chapman. Yeah, I thought it was Broken Kelly. Broken Kelly. So So many people call us Broken Kelly. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll answer to either. Broken Kelby. I will spell it in the title of this episode of the Remain Seated podcast. You can follow this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Remain Seated Pod. You can also email Gina at x ninety six dot com. I was going to say, I mean, we could even like try to even think of an easier name because a lot of people struggle with Broken Kelby. Yeah, if you have any uh, band name <laughs> yeah, suggestions, just go ahead and throw we'll them our way. We might yeah. as well just rebrand. Just send <laughs> Make a tweet it if easier. you have any awesome band names that have been sitting in your phone notes for a while. <laughs> We'd love to hear them. People do that, you know. I know. Isn't that a Fall Out Boy came out with their name? Like they were playing a show and they didn't even have a name. And like somebody, they were like, hey, what should be our band name? And somebody from the crowd yelled, Fall Out Boy. Really? I swear I've heard that story. Because that's, that's the so Simpsons cool. thing. Yeah. What's the Simpsons thing? Fallout Boy is a Simpsons character. Really? Yeah. That's look, awesome. Look it up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that that'll be my homework this weekend. You always have some. I'll report on it on Monday. It's a remain seated podcast. No, no, no! Don't get up. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, especially in today's economy. But over 31,000 businesses do know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of financials, planning, budgeting, and inventory so you can manage risk and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. See why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash go. netsuite.com slash go.